Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. You will find it, it's verses 40 through 51, and it's on your pew Bible in the Old Testament section, page 250. You may follow along. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came and drew near to David, with his shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy, handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sank deep into his forehead, and he fell down to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, striking down the Philistine and killing him. There was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine. He grasped his sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks to God. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat, lead pastor here at Orange, and it's so good to be together in the house of the Lord, and we welcome those that are worshiping with us online. And today, it's especially good to have Debbie Pence back with us, as Debbie and her husband Warren had been able to go to Alaska on a cruise. And so I am thankful to have her back, and I pray that she'll be able to rest up in the time having returned. Uh, Also, we are excited that uh, Jean Hall is our lay leader, and she was willing to step in to help serve as our liturgist today in the absence of Pastor Corey, who's in Ireland on her clergy renewal leave, and Pastor Sarah in, in sweaty Texas this week. So thank you, Jean, for being willing to step in and to serve in this way today. Let's go to God in prayer. 
Lord God, in your grace and mercy, we come into your presence today. We come as those that have been facing different kinds of battles. But we know that the battle belongs to you. And so in this moment, as we draw near to you, may we receive your word in a way that encourages us, helps us to continue to cling to you, to see where our hope and help comes from. So God, us in this time. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words and proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. amen. As Jean was reading that scripture this morning, I'm sure that you are very familiar with the story of David and Goliath. You've probably heard it ever since you were small children, hearing it in vacation Bible school or in Sunday school. These are the stories that we know almost like the back of our hand. And so at times it's a bit daunting to have to preach on such a passage that we know almost like the back of our own hand. But the thing is, you know, we can't take for granted the back of our own hand. Sometimes it seems I look and recognize a bruise or a mark that I didn't remember. I don't know how it got there. Trust me, it's, as you get to be my age, that kind of thing happens a little more and more often. You'll find out one day. It seems that the back of our hand is not as familiar at times to us. In fact, I had to look up some information as I was thinking about how I'm sure you know all the story of David and Goliath. How can I shed anything new? But I thought, you know what? Let's start with the back of our hands. In your hand, do you know how many bones there are in your hand? 27. There are 27 bones. And in your fingers, there are no muscles. There are only tendons that the muscles are in the hand, in the palm, and in your forearm that pull your fingers almost like a puppet string. Found that fascinating. One last thing about the hand, since I'm educating us all about the back of our hand, is that for men, on average, your pointer finger is longer than your index finger. But for women, it's reversed. The pointer finger is tip, no, not the middle finger, Jan. <laughs> on average, it's the women, the ring finger, is the longer finger than the pointer finger. That may not be true. You are above beyond average. But that's some of the information about the hands. Now I've got you in the palm of my hand, so let's keep going. Let's think about the story of David and Goliath, a story that you have heard and known for so long. But picture it. The Philistines have come very likely from the island of Crete, seafaring people that have come, and their intention is to take and conquer Jerusalem. Their intention is to come and to take Israel and divide it so that once it is divided, it has no defense. And so their battle, their, their armies have come and they have arrayed on one side of the valley of Elam. They're on this ridge overlooking. And as King Saul has heard and learned that the Philistines were coming, he has gathered the army of Israel, and they are on the other side of the ridge. And the thing is, nobody wants to go down into the valley at first. 
Because if you go down into the valley, then you're at the mercy of the other that would be coming up. As you're trying to come up, the other army would have full advantage. And so for months, they're at the stalemate. King Saul and all his army and the Philistines and all of theirs. To try to break the stalemate, one thing that was common in battles during that day and time was for one army to select a champion, one person to go and to invite the other army to select one person to come. These two would battle it out. Why have all the unnecessary bloodshed when it could just be one? Well, for the Philistines, their choice was easy. Goliath. Somebody that, according to Scripture, it tells us that he was almost 10 feet tall. I mean, that's massive. You can imagine what an imposing, intimidating figure this was. I mean, if you've ever seen somebody that tall or massive, you know how fearful that can be. When I was in school at Duke, I remember playing basketball in one of the gyms one day. I I tell my kids I played basketball at Duke. Not quite what they would have thought. But I had come out of the gym to go to the water fountain one day. And all of a sudden, as there were these glass doors to my right, as I bend over, those glass doors, all light was blocked out from them. And I turned and I looked. It was Elton Brand, who was a student at Duke at the time. Elton Brand was six foot eight, is six foot eight. He was a massive body. And as he came in and blocked all the light from those doors, I mean, it couldn't help but create a little bit of fear. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy was massive. Six foot eight as opposed to almost 10 feet. You can imagine how intimidating this figure was of Goliath, who's wearing all this armor all over him, weighing over 100 pounds, just armor alone, carrying this spear, this javelin that was like the size of a a weaver's beam. When you add in the, the head, the spearhead, very likely this thing that he was carrying to throw would have been over 30 pounds. This massive person, day after day, would come out. And he'd issue this challenge to the army of Israel. Select for yourself a champion that we may solve it here in the valley. I find it interesting, King Saul. King Saul was also described as somebody head and shoulders above everyone else. King Saul saw this giant. And he was petrified. He could not react. No one in the army was willing to go down into the valley to take on Goliath. And Goliath, day by day, is issuing this challenge. And day by day, nothing happens. They're at a stalemate completely. Nobody is willing to make the first move. Now, in ancient warfare, during this day and time, there were three different types of warriors. First of all, you had your cavalry. Calvary would be horseback or chariot. This would not have been an appropriate battle for a horseback or chariot to take on Goliath in this particular scene. The second type was heavy infantry. Heavy infantry were foot soldiers, armed soldiers with swords and shields and all kinds of armor. And the third was artillery. Artillery were archers with a bow or those who would use a sling 
And we know from history, we see in Roman text, these slingers, these that would sling the stone or a lead ball, they were extremely accurate. In Roman military text, we see that they were trained to practice throwing this stone from 200 yards away, and they were incredibly accurate. We have portrayals of those slingers being able to hit a bird moving through the sky. They knew what they were doing. They were precise. They were incredibly precise. David shows up. David is sent by his father to take food, supplies to his sons who were in the Israel army. And David shows up and he sees this all coming to play. He sees Goliath coming down into the valley, bringing his weapon. He's got a sword, a shield bearer that is coming before him with him. And he issues the challenge. David sees it, and he sees that nobody else is willing to jump into action. David sees it, and he knows, I've been training my whole life for this moment. My whole life. And he goes to King Saul and says, I'll fight him. I'll do it. And, Goli and Saul sees David, and he's just a young boy. He's just a young boy. And Saul does not want him to fight because he knows David cannot beat Saul in the battle that uh, cannot beat Goliath in the battle that Goliath is proposing. But see, King Saul doesn't realize David has been preparing for a different kind of fight. And so I found it so interesting how King Saul puts his armor on David. And you can picture, once again, Saul is head and shoulders above everyone else. And here's a young, young man that comes before him. It's kind of like me as a child when I put on my daddy's suit coat after church. It didn't quite fit. It didn't look right. David knew it didn't quite fit. It didn't work for him. He had never done anything like that before. And so David took off the armor, and he stepped down into the valley to meet Goliath right where he was. Goliath sees him coming, and Goliath, he's offended. He's taken aback. You would send a young boy? And then he sees David coming with his staff. You would come at me? Am I a dog? You would come at me with sticks? But David knows that he comes into the valley, comes into the battle, not by himself, not with a stick, but with the power of God Almighty who has been preparing him for this very moment. Now, the sling that David had, it wasn't like one of those slingshots like what we might have had as kids. This sling would have been a pouch of leather that had two longer strings. And you would place a stone in that pouch and begin to wind it up like this. And eventually, you would let go of one of the strings, propelling that rock. That rock or lead ball would have been about going about 60 miles per hour or so. Now, I don't know how many of you played baseball, but if you ever got hit by a pitch, you know it was not a comfortable feeling. Here, he's preparing this stone, and when he launches it, Goliath has no defense. There is no way to avoid it. It's amazing. Because Saul, all King Saul had thought, because he himself would have been a heavy infantry, all he could see was a battle in the way that he knew it. David saw the battle in the way that God had been preparing him all of his life.
For us in life, we live facing all different kinds of battles. Some of you might be in the middle of a battle right now. Battle that you feel ill-equipped for. You may be facing challenges that you do not know how to turn. And sometimes we're kind of like King Saul and the people of Israel that we face analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis where all we do is think about what we're going to do and never have the courage to take that first step down into the valley. David... David was willing to take that step because he knew, as he had with the lions and the bears. You thought I was going to do lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. David knew all his life he had been protecting his father's flock. All his life he had been preparing for this very battle that was now before him. David stepped down in that valley in the confidence of God. The battles that you're facing right now, some, they might be health battles. Some might be relationship battles. Some might be vocation. Some might be purely the things that we ourselves know that we're going through and we're struggling with. But maybe the battle that you're facing today is one that God has been preparing you for all of your life. Instead of thinking about how by our might, May we look at the way that God has been equipping us and preparing us for that battle that we face. I want to invite you. Step into the valley in the confidence of God who has led you to this particular time, this particular battle for such a time as this. David stepped with the confidence of God. And we knew who the giant underdog was there. It wasn't David. David was never the underdog. Here, Goliath, the giant, was the underdog. And I invite you to consider your battles in the ways that God has already equipped you to step into the battle. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we go through life so many times afraid of all that is before us. We don't feel like we know enough. We don't feel that we have enough confidence in ourselves. Sometimes we even lack the faith that what you have led us to, you will lead us through. But you are a God that has proved your faithfulness over and over again. And so, Lord, may we reclaim that confidence in you. May we step into the valley, knowing that you have been preparing us for all that is before us. May we walk faithfully in your light, trusting in you. And for all those that this day may feel like they are just overcome, may you pour out your Holy Spirit in a way that renews encourages, uplifts, strengthens so that they may be able to step faithfully into the valley. God, we pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.